0: Welcome to the sound of the end of your week. It's the Not the Top 20 podcast betting show sponsored by Betfair. It's me, Ali, and him, George, making betting picks ahead of a full slate of EFL action this weekend. The podcast is very strictly for over 18s. But on top of that, we want everyone listening that's thinking of placing a bet this weekend or any time to be gamble aware. That is to understand the risks that come with betting, never to chase your losses, never bet more than you can afford to lose. Head to BeGambleAware.org if you need to brush up on the risks that come with gambling. I had cup fever last week and I wish I hadn't. Because my Peterborough draw, no bet, Knapp was a comfortable loser. Middlesbrough gave it a good go against Villa, didn't they? But lost 1-0. Bristol Rovers did give it a good go at Norwich. Rovers and BTTS was my long shot. A 1-0 draw, they didn't get the winner. Uh, And Tom Cannon, with a bit of relief for me, scoring at 9-4 for Leicester against Millwall. George... What have you got to say for yourself? Well, just
1: frustration. Forrest Green with my nap at two, well, bigger than two to one. And they were two on up, going to injury time and conceded a 96th minute penalty, which was scored by Salford. So that was annoying. Colchester to Drew. Matty Stevens two or more at 14 to one. Scored one. Uh, and then Lewis Freestone didn't get on the pitch. So minus four for me.
0: Three out of six in the BTTS. Aka, we can only go again. What's your best bet this weekend? What's the nap?
1: My nap is in League One. My nap is Peterborough to bounce back from uh, the aforementioned FA Cup frustration against Leeds and beat Charlton at 21 20. Now, I was at Charlton's last home league game as they were beaten by Oxford 2 1, and I wasn't really impressed. Like, there were moments uh, for them that were okay, um, especially from kind of an individual attacking standpoint. Um, Blackett Taylor clearly being the bright spot for them. He's still being linked with a move away. We'll have to see whether or not he comes back into it. I don't know whether or not Alfie May is definitely back for this one. I think there's has hope within the, the Charlton ranks that he might be. But even so, Charlton still have loads of injuries coming into this. And they come up against the Peterborough side, who are on the March last seen beating Derby 3-2 away from home, who's away from him. generally this season has been very solid, especially against the poorer teams in the league. So, you know, having seen the kind of performance that Charlton put in, I think they've got a much tougher opposition here where... Peter will find it much easier to carve through what is a, a pretty poor defensive unit at the moment. And Charlton's inability to defend has been the case through Dean Holden's reign and now Michael Appleton's as well. I, um, you know, when you look at their game against Port Vale, where they drew three all, Port Vale again were able to create loads of chances in that game, even though they went behind three times. And Posh are just, you know, we had we did our, our mid-season predictions on Monday's pod and we both had them, or I had them to win the league. Did you have them second or third?
0: I had them second.
1: Yeah, so we both, you know, have them as one of the best teams in the division right now. It's part of this, this four. So at odds against, you know, it's one of those sh- quite short price for an away team. Um, but I think there's a bit of a gap between these two. And there's no denying that Michael Appleton's coming under more and more pressure from Charlton fans. I still am pretty sure that he will be given a window, and even though he's not in charge of recruitment, but be given a window and, and time for the players to come back because I still don't really think it's necessarily his fault that things are as bad as they are when you look at what he's got to, to use at the moment in terms of so many young players playing. Um, but I think Posh should expect to go there and make, like, work, make like, light work of it.
0: Easy for you to say. Charlton, for me, uh, it's a phrase that I whip out about once or twice a season, just a really unserious football team. In, and that doesn't always mean really bad, it's just it's very specific type of team in my head who have quality, individual quality, attacking quality normally but who you just would never rely on to hold a lead, to see a game out, to grit their teeth and and get into shape and and do the hard yards in order to grind out results. And I do think we've seen that pretty consistently over the last few league games in particular. My nap is Hull City. This one's on Friday night. Uh, I assume it's live on the box, although I haven't checked. I think there's a Premier League game as well on Friday night. So this may have got bumped for that. This is a waste of my time and yours because you listening might already know if it is or isn't and there's no point in me looking it up as I speak. Hull are playing Norwich Friday night uh, and Hull are 21-20 to to win with the Betfair Sportsbook. That's 2.05 in the decimal. Now, I'm pretty strong in my stance that Hull City are are good. Whether that's finishing 5th or 6th good or finishing 7th or 8th good, I haven't quite Nail down the specifics so there's very little between a team that finishes 6th and 7th uh, but a dotted line between them of course and, and it does make a big impact on how their seasons are perceived but I certainly have them in a chunk of teams most likely to make the playoffs uh, and I think that their home form, well it's been kind of interesting this season they won on opening uh, well they won their first home game against Sheffield Wednesday 4-2 then they drew four games in a row then they lost at home to Saints, uh, which, with, which I believe was an injury time equal, uh, winner from Southampton. Uh, since then, they've won five and lost two of their last seven at home. And generally, I'm pretty happy with their level of performance. I think that they've improved as a team pretty consistently over the course of the season under Liam Rossinia. And I'm pretty impressed with their direction of travel. They have got a bit of injury issue. Uh, no Liam De Lapp, who's got a knee injury, is out for a, a decent chunk of time. Uh, Philogene's missed a month or so. He's back in training, but I guess he's unlikely to be rushed back to start this game. Enter Fabio Carvalho. Yes. Certainly the biggest name Bradley. transfer of the EFL transfer window so far. One of the league's best players in 21-22 for Fulham when he was like 18, 19 uh, obviously moved to Liverpool off the back of that, has struggled to find game time first at Liverpool and then uh, with RB Leipzig this season, and now he's back in the Championship. Which, if you told me, summer 2022, we'd have I can't it. Fabio Carvalho back in the Championship 18 months later, I'd been pretty surprised. Uh, but here he is. He's an excellent player. If he can get back to his best, impish, impudent, skillful, uh, really combines well with teammates. An unselfish player, but that doesn't mean he's not a goal threat. Uh, which he certainly is, and he sets up goals as well. So uh, another really talented individual player that Hull have. They're building quite the squad, you have to say. And it's not just individual quality. Rosinia is showing good chops as a manager to build teams that uh, have control in games and have attacking threat and are solid enough defensively as well. So I'm hoping for a a big debut from Fabio Carvalho. I'm hoping for Scott Twine to continue playing well in the absence of Philogene. I think, if anything, he's been sort of freed up a little bit by, by Philogene given that they like to operate in similar areas. But this is also massively about Norwich City, who I think are a poor team overall. I think they're a very poor team away from home. It's backed up by the underlying numbers per the Fox Punter XG ratio tables. Uh, they have the second worst XG ratio in the whole league in away games this season. Uh, One three, drawn three, lost seven on their travels. They've conceded more than two goals a game on average away from home. And when I look across the whole season, I remember their first away games of the season, which were a four-all draw at Southampton where they were the better side. And a 4-0 4 win at Huddersfield where they were very, very comfortable and looked really good. But since then, since the end of August, everything just dropped off, didn't it? And performances and results away from home range from unconvincing, basically at best, to pretty terrible at times. They've lost their last two away from home. And still distractions off the field in terms of the fan base just waiting for Wagner to be sacked and not really seeming to be too keen to allow for a period of, of Ben Napper the new sporting director to kind of get his feet under the table and um and and sort of work things out over time there's uh, still lots being talked about in the media on on social media they want to know why Ben Napper is taking time to make his mind up uh, and Wagner himself is having to deal with this as well so it's not a particularly happy place at the moment i think they'll find it hard against a really good team in hull who are better in attack better defensively and have more control to their performances and I'm going to say more individual quality as well. Hull City at odds against, yes, please. 2.05, 21 to 20 with the Betfair Sportsbook. George, you got a Offer from Betfair this weekend. We like these ones. Free ACCA or Bet Builder on Football This Weekend with the Betfair Sportsbook. Now you have to opt in here. So go to the promotions page on Betfair in order to do so. Uh, a previous deposit is required and the max free bet varies from £1 to £10 per customer. You need a minimum odds of 1.5 on minimum one leg. So T's and C's do apply for this, but it's a completely free ACCA or Bet Builder on Football This Weekend from Betfair on the Betfair Sportsbook. We've got what they call in the industry. A double next best.
1: Yeah, I'm not over the moon about it, really. Yeah? We're both putting up Carlisle to beat Oxford at
0: 29-10. Getting against Oxford United once again.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of this is Carlisle, really, where they're naturally going priced up as, as if they're the same team that we've seen over the course of over the last, you know, this season so far. But it doesn't really factor in the, the signings that they've made. Harry Lewis comes in, um, you know, he's been ever-present for Bradford this season in goal. A very good keeper who's who signed in the last couple of days. Luke Armstrong, of course, who started against Leighton Orient, gives them something different up top. And a couple of good-looking uh, loans as well in Green and, and Harrison Nealon from Palace and Sheffield United. So that's kind of four key players who are now into this Carlisle side and should improve them. Then against, against an Oxford side who are struggling for form right now, you know, you look back to the 6-2 defeat at Coventry, you look at the the midweek defeat at AFC Wimbledon in the Cup, decimated by injuries. Um, the addition of Jamie coming today is big because it means that the loss of Jays Beadle won't be too uh, pronounced. i um, have got Tyler Bury, of course, coming in as well, who, whether or not he's fit and ready for this one, we'll see. But bare bones in terms of attacking um, players with Stan Mills, the latest injury, now he's come, his loan's been terminated. Kyle Edwards as well, Marcus Brown, you know, Tyler Goodrum is basically the only fit winger at the club right now. Mark Harris, the only fit striker. So I feel very sorry for Des Buckingham, the, the manager. I don't think it's necessarily his fault. Like if you look at the, the the results, they kind of track badly since he took over. But I think a lot of that has been not necessarily down to him, but down to unlucky injuries and, and the rest of it that hasn't gone their way. But there's no doubt that Oxford's defensive solidity has certainly been, been hampered as well. So yeah, I'm pretty fearful going into this one, which One of those on paper, it looks like it's a game Oxford should win, but actually, in reality, I think it's harder than it looks. 29 to 10, the price here.
0: Uh, I said on the Monday pod, our mid season predictions pod, that I just feel, you know, if we're measuring them against Premier League, uh, Premier League, (laughs) against playoff chasing teams, top six teams, uh, even though they're in it at the moment, I feel like Oxford are miles off it at the moment. The most concerning stat is that they have since the start of December, which is a relatively small sample size, in fairness. Uh, since the start of December, the worst open play XG uh, in League One. And under Leah Manning, they were, at the very least, a very controlled team who were pretty com- comf- comfortable and confident uh, in their shape and out of possession. And uh, that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. Uh, three wins, two draws, four defeats uh, in their last nine games. So just trending in the wrong direction. And Carlisle, well, their improvement, if it is to come, We'll need to see, really, sort of long-term in terms of Carlisle's survival chances, but certainly the start of their transfer window has been very eye-catching. A new spine of their team, essentially. And I quite liked what I saw last week, even in defeat, when Armstrong was playing up front with Sean Maguire, I think, with a target man, someone with some pace to play off him. That makes sense to me. Gibson in a number 10 role. Uh, I like the signing of Harrison Neal. Uh, I just think that they, they should be a better team over the next few months. And... Even as a poor team, even as the second worst team in the league as they have been so far this season, their home games are always competitive, always tight, not always on the right side of them. But in their last eight at home, uh, they've won two, they've drawn three and they've lost three. But every single game has either been obviously drawn or had one goal in it. They've lost 1-0 three times. They've won 2-1 twice. So it's those games where they're able to score that they're generally able to draw or win. And I think that they will against a, a patched up Oxford side. So uh, Carlisle, we both think are a, a really good bet at 29-10 to 10 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, what about a goal scorer?
1: Yeah, to the championship for me, I'm taking a bit of a chance. Um Millwall, Middlesbrough. There's a couple that I actually like in this. Um I think Britt Norton Cuffey is quite interesting, who's playing quite advanced on the right hand side for Millwall, he's nine to one. And I also think Isaiah Jones, especially with Luke Ayling coming in, so carry on playing further forward uh, is nine to two. But the one that I'm going for here is um Hayden Hackney at seven to one. Apologies to any listeners, you can tell that I'm just not very well. Um mm. it's not like having someone ill in your ear, but here we, here we are. Um, Hayden Hackney played as in a more advanced role uh, for Middlesbrough in the midweek win over Chelsea. Um, maybe it wouldn't have been the plan to play that again this time around, but I kind of just think for Michael Carrick, when you're not in the best run of form and you beat Premier League Chelsea at home 1-0 and Hayden Hackney scores, do you then revert back to the previous or do you actually continue with this, especially when Zaz, um still to come into the side, will be suited by the new shape And it wasn't like they sat in against Chelsea, especially in the first half an hour at all. Like it wasn't necessarily a wholly defensive move. So I'm taking a chance. Hackney will play in that more advanced role again. He scored in that game. Um, He takes shots anyway from deep generally. So he is a bit of a goal threat too. So even if he does play, revert back to his normal deeper role, 7-1 isn't the worst price anyway. Um, But on the off chance that he plays more advanced again, I'm going to take a chance here that the 7-1 is a price.
0: Yeah, and I am going again did you ever play Mario Kart on the Nintendo yep. 64? Yes. Sometimes with goal scorer betting, I think of it a bit like Mario Kart on the N64, where you hit one of those nice boxes that gives you an item, yeah. a bonus item. And that's when you see a goal scorer and you're convinced it's the wrong price and that it won't last very long. And you might remember that one of the items you can get is, is mushrooms. So you can either get one solitary mushroom You can definitely get three mushrooms. I can't remember if you could get two as well. I think it was just one or three. Two. You could get two. Fine. Well, that works great for the analogy. So a mushroom was just like a little bonus burst of speed. Now, in betting terms, I kind of think we got a little bonus burst last week with Tom Cannon at 9 to 4, 3.25. But quite often, you only get one mushroom. You only get one little burst. And then the price changes and it wears off and you go back to your normal boring speed, your normal boring life. Uh, but I think we're getting two mushrooms, it oh. turns out, from the Tom Cannon bonus item box. Uh, because, well, he's 23-10 to 10 Anytime That's 3.3. That's actually a touch longer than he was last week. Last week, Leicester were away at Millwall in the Cup. Uh, this week, they're away at Coventry. Now, I'd say away at Coventry is a tougher game, but... They're actually a shorter price to beat Coventry uh, this weekend. Uh, these two teams played on opening weekend. It was beautiful madness. Uh, both, you know, the alchemy of the fixture was perfect. Both teams had tons of chances. And I'm hoping, I'm kind of expecting for more of the same here. I don't think Coventry will pay too much respect to Leicester. They're fantastic for themselves. And uh, I think that means there should be some space for Cannon to play into he's in great shape a good take last week against Millwall two cracking goals in the league in the game before Uh, I think he's he's a fantastic goal scorer at this level and he's playing for the best team in the league I'd back basically anyone that was playing number nine for Leicester at 3.3 in a league game at the moment Uh, their number nines I worked out have scored 12 non-penalty goals between them that's Vardy, Iheanacho, Dakar, and Cannon now, 12 non-penalty goals in the league in 2,352 minutes, 12 goals in 26 90s, which is 0.46 non-penalty goals per 90. Cannon's odds imply a 30% chance of scoring, and I think it's higher than that by a, a pretty decent lick, given the team that he's playing for and the quality of striker that he is. We're staying on the Cannon train, 23-10, to 3.3 Tom Cannon anytime for Leicester. Long shot.
1: Cheltenham uh, to beat Bolton at eight to one is my long shot. Partly just because I still think Cheltenham have been chronically undervalued. I know their away form isn't as good as their home form, but it's not bad at the same time. It's just at home, they've been so good. And when you're taking a team who last time out beat Pompey two one, who beat Oxford fairly fairly recently uh, as well two nil at home. Who um, you know, if you look at their their recent away games as well, only went down one nil to a decent uh, cobbler side. Like there's. I just think they're still being undervalued and I'm still convinced as well with Bolton that even though their recent performances or their recent results, I should say, have been good with four wins on the bounce, I'm still not convinced that there's much beyond that in terms of just the teams they've been playing against. You know, they they won three of those games by a solitary goal, one by two, but Burton, Fleetwood, Lincoln and Leighton Orient, like these are four sides not in good form when they played against them and this is a completely different prospect. So this is also a Bolton side who have only lost three games, or no, they've lost five games a season, but um, they've been beaten by Wigan and by Carlisle at home. So they've already lost to two of the poorest teams at home already this season. So I think 8-1 to is is a huge price here about a Cheltenham team that if you were to start the season now and and have a campaign aside from now, I think they'd be likely to finish somewhere around mid-table. And that isn't reflected in an 8-1 to price. Your mate from
0: last week, Lewis Freestone, not sure if he's back in business for this one, but given you liked him last week against Portsmouth given that he's 25 to 1, 66 to 1 anytime first. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, my long shot is same as last week, I'm afraid. Bristol Rovers and BTTS yes. Uh, they're away at Barnsley here. The price is uh, 6 to 5, 11 to 2. And keeping a very close eye on Bristol Rovers at the moment. I have a strong feeling that they could really get going in the second half of the season under Matt Taylor. Now even under Barton, I think we we always felt that they could be a team to really kick on. That they could be a team that put together a really strong run, that they could be a team maybe that could make a dash at the playoffs and it, it hasn't happened but I'm probably f- feeling more confident now than ever before, I've been really impressed with what I've seen under Matt Taylor, I think they've started to play with a lot more clarity and, and composure particularly in attack, uh, I think that they're looking really good and look at the results recently, they beat Bolton away from home, they beat Portsmouth so that's two of the top four they beat Charlton away from home. They did lose to Blackpool. They did lose to Wickham. Uh, They drew with Norwich last weekend in the FA Cup. Overall, I think that suggests a very impressive level for a League One team and a a potential climber, a potential playoff party pooper, perhaps. And Barnsley, one of the teams that they need to chase down. Now, Barnsley are a good team. They're they're a difficult one to work out for folk like us who are uh, somewhat addicted to underlying numbers because they've possibly been overperforming XG more than any team in the EFL this season. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me for the whole of the EFL, but they have overperformed uh, 15, plus 15 overperformance in terms of. Uh, Let me say that again. In terms of Opta analysts' open play XG numbers, they've scored 15 goals more than expected over the course of the season, and they've conceded seven and a half goals fewer than uh, expected based on the quality of chances that they've created and given up. Now, whether or not there's a special source that they have that allows them to do that forever, maybe, probably not. Uh, On a basic level, it does suggest that on balance of play, their games are a lot closer than maybe the results would suggest at a glass. So, I. at a glance so I think there's a, a, a little less between these two teams than the league table might suggest uh, and they're both very open uh, BTTS has landed in Bristol Rovers' last 11 games and 9 of Barnsley's last 10 uh, it should be a fun shootout this one and and I like the idea of Bristol Rovers being on the right side of it at the end kickstarting a playoff charge Bristol Rovers and BTTS yes 6.5 my long shot what are your three BTTS yes picks for our sixfold
1: Uh, commentary Leicester the first one Leicester's games recently have been way more um, open um, I mean, they're, they're scoring a lot of goals, which I think has meant that defensively, the other end, they're, they're not quite as tight. Um, it's not affecting their output whatsoever. But we've seen uh, Coventry recently have been the entertainers in uh, the championship. There's no way I think they'll, they'll come into this game and not set up to, to take it to Leicester. Like, there's no chance they're going to go and, and look to frustrate them. Um, but we saw them score six against Oxford in the FA Cup on Saturday, um, and it looks like it should be a really open affair. Sheffield Wednesday, Southampton's my other one. At a big price, I don't think Sheffield Wednesday's attacking strengths have really been factored in here. We know how good Samson are at home, but I'd be surprised if Wednesday aren't able to cause them a few concerns and even money. It seems like a huge price. And the same for Forest Green-Harrogate. Like Forest Green's games are really end-to-end under Troy Deeney. And Harrogate, in recent weeks, went back to what we anticipate they're normally under Simon Weaver. Again, really good going forward. Um, creating lots of opportunities, but not necessarily the most solid at the back. So, um, yeah, that's at 8-11. So Cob Leicester, St Sheffield Wednesday, Forest Green-Harrogate.
0: I've got Barnsley, Bristol Rovers, the match that I just discussed as a bolter here. Uh, BTTS, yes, in Rovers' last eleven and nine of ten of Barnsley's last games as well. I'm adding Ipswich, Sunderland. Now you've picked the early kickoff on Saturday, Cove, Leicester. I've picked the late kickoff, also on Sky, Ipswich against Sunderland. I tell you what, mate. I've got a really quiet Saturday, and I've been gifted an early game and a late game in the Championship, and. There's something about a sofa Saturday with that sort of lineup that really gets my juices flowing and basically suggests to me that I'm in the right job because I'm talking about a weekend where in theory I shouldn't or wouldn't be working, but it is work and pleasure. You've picked Coventry Leicester. I've picked ipswich Sunderland. That's at 5.30. Although Ipswich's games recently have, have taken a real turn and been quite low scoring and low margin. For me, this is a tactical thing. Both of these teams really want the opposition to come onto them so that they can bait them, play through them, play into space. They are teams that are not interested or would prefer not to play against teams that sit deep. Thankfully, neither of these teams are interested in sitting deep. They will be baited, they will try and press high. It'll be a really fun game of cat and mouse. And I think that whether or not it's because the high pressing teams win the ball and create good chances from those scenarios, or whether it's whether the two teams in possession are able to play through and, and create good chances in that way. Uh, I think both teams will have opportunities and score. Uh, I've also got Barnsley Bristol Rovers as discussed and U against Bradford is my uh, third selection. This is more about You than Bradford. Um, I just think that their games are naturally very open on account of their squad makeup and the playing style as well. Uh, Although we're we're about to learn a little bit more about that under Danny Cowley, I still think that good chance BTTS in this one. So the sixfold with the Betfair Sportsbook at 28.34. Coventry Leicester, Southampton Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich Sunderland in the Championship, Barnsley Bristol Rovers in League One and in League Two, Forest Green Harrogate and Colchester Bradford. I'm expecting at least four out of six here. Has to be. The good news is, for those of you who've been on tenterhooks, the Hull-Norwich game is on Sky Sports on Friday night. George, recap your selections.
1: Peterborough away at Charlton, 21-20 to 20 is my nap. Carlisle at home to Oxford, sadly, uh, my next best um, at 29-10. to 10. Hayden Hackney to score any time at 7-1 to 1 is my goal scorer. And Cheltenham to beat Bolton at 8-1 to 1 is my long shot.
0: Hull City, 21-20, to 20, home to Norwich, nap. Carlisle, 29-10, to 10, beat Oxford on Saturday. Tom Cannon, anytime goalscorer Leicester, 23-10, 3.3 with the Betford Sportsbook. My long shot Bristol Rovers and BTTS at six to 6.5. And the BTTS six-fold is Coventry Leicester, Southampton Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich Sunderland, Barnsley Bristol Rovers, Forest Green Harrogate and Colchester Bradford. It's been a pleasure to talk through the weekend card with you, the listener, and with you, my incredibly contagious friend. George Ellick. Uh, Thanks very much for listening. Thanks to Betfair for sponsoring this podcast and genuinely hope you all have a wonderful weekend.